Good morning, goddesses and gods alike. This is Shannon, and I'm your host, and you're listening to the Goddess Morning Show podcast, where you can tune in every weekday morning for an approximately 20-minute long episode to start your day with updates on things that matter to a community of awake and conscious individuals who seek the divine feminine in all we do. We sift through all the copious amounts of information on the internet to bring you news and information on the things that matter to you. Tune in to hear about environmental news and book releases, interviews with thought leaders influencing the awakening of humanity, the moon phases, planetary positions, crystal healing, herbal and holistic health, guidance on green living, and that's just naming a few. Please remember to subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform you are listening to us on right now. Be blessed. Namaste. Good morning, goddesses and gods alike. Today is Thursday, February 27th, 2020, and this is the Goddess Morning Show. I'm your host, Shannon. Today we are beginning the podcast with our Goddess of the Day, brought to us by wikipedia.org, and it is Bast. She was the ancient Egyptian goddess of protection and cats. She was the warrior daughter and defender of Ra, who sent her to fight his arch enemy, Apep. As protectress, she was seen as defender of the pharaoh after Seket, the lioness, and consequently of the chief god Ra. Bast is also known as Bastet, Ubaste, and Pash. She was worshipped at least since the Second Dynasty in ancient Egypt. The center of her cult was in Perbast, which was named after her. <clears throat> Originally, she was seen as the protector goddess of Lower Egypt, and her image was that of a fierce lion. The name Bast means female devourer. In later times, Bast became the goddess of protection and blessing, and was the protectress of women, children, and domestic cats. She was the goddess of sunrise, music, dance, and pleasure, as well as family, fertility, and birth. When Anubis became the god of embalming, Bast, as goddess of ointment, was connected to him, sometimes viewed as his wife and sometimes as his mother, until Anubis became Nephethist's son, this gentler characteristic of Bast as goddess of perfumes following Lower Egypt's loss in the wars between Upper and Lower Egypt meant that in the Middle Kingdom of Egypt, she became seen as a domestic cat and not as a lioness. Owing to associations with the maternal nature of cats, Bast was also regarded as as a good mother and she was commonly depicted with kittens. Sometimes Egyptian women who wanted children wore an amulet showing the goddess with kittens. The number of kittens on the amulet would correspond to how many children the woman wanted to have. Okay, our herb for the day is basil, and it comes to us from healthline.com. And the benefits of sweet basil include reduced memory loss associated with stress and aging, reduced depression related to chronic stress, reduced stroke damage, and support recovery, whether given before or right after a stroke, improved fasting blood sugar, cholesterol, and triglycerides, reduced blood pressure in people with hypertension, 
relaxed blood vessels, and thin, thin, thinned blood, similar to aspirin. Protects against aspirin's damage to your gut, particularly preventing ulcers. Prevents certain cancers, including breast, colon, and pancreas. Increased mental alertness when inhaled as aromatherapy. It inhibits the growth of bacteria that cause dental decay. It can improve food safety, such as if integrated such as if integrated into food packaging by manufacturers. It provides an alternative to antibiotics for infectious diseases, including combating antibiotic-resistant strains of bacteria, and it can repel insects. The scientific name of the basil commonly purchased for cooking is Oxymum basilicum, abbreviated O. basilicum. There are many different varieties of O. basilicum, including sweet basil, the most widely grown popular basil renowned for its use in Italian dishes, commonly sold dried in supermarkets, and has a licorice clove flavor. There's bush or Greek basil. It has a strong aroma but mild flavor, so it can be substituted for sweet basil, forms a compact bush with small leaves, and grows well in a pot. Thai basil has an anise licorice flavor and is commonly used in Thai and Southeast Asian dishes. Cinnamon basil, native to Mexico, has a cinnamon-like flavor and scent, commonly served with legumes or spicy stir-fried vegetables. And lettuce basil features large, wrinkled leaves, soft leaves with a licorice-like flavor, works well in salads or tossed with tomatoes and olive oil. The basil commonly used in supplements and herbal tea is holy basil, sometimes called tulsi, which is the O. tenuiflorum species, also known as O. sanctum. It is added to some Thai dishes because of its distinct flavor. As recipes demand relatively small amounts of basil, this herb contributes few vitamins and minerals in typical diets. Here are the most notable nutrient contents in one tablespoon of sweet basil. So that's around two grams. It has, um, in fresh leaves, it has vitamin A, 3% of your recommended daily intake, vitamin K, 13% of your recommended daily intake, calcium, 0.5% recommended daily intake, iron, 0.5% of your recommended daily intake, and manganese, 1.5% of your recommended daily intake. And those are slightly higher in the dried leaves where the those percentages of recommended daily intake increase um, mostly in vitamin K, which is 43% in the dried leaves, so that's a pretty large jump. Though dried basil is more concentrated in nutrients, you use less in recipes compared to fresh. Therefore, neither is a significant source of most nutrients except, like I said, vitamin K. Basil also supplies beneficial plant compounds that have antioxidant, anti-inflammatory, and other health properties. In addition, these compounds give basil its essence or distinct aroma and flavor. That's why oil derived from basil and other plants are called essential oil.
All right, our crystal for the day is black kyanite, and it comes to us from energymuse.com. Legend says that blade Legend says the blade of Archangel Michael's sword was made of kyanite. Sliced through negative emotions and toxic ties with the power of black kyanite. It is said to protect your energy field from energy vampires, people who seem to always drain your energy, relationships, or people who feast on your positive vibrations but offer nothing in return. Cut cords from any negative attachments with this crystal in hand. And from mycrystalpedia.wordpress.com, it says black kyanite is a stone of such high vibrations that it affects your the aura of anyone within its presence. And it says, the author says, I have to be honest and state that this is one of my favorite grounding crystals. As a healer, I found this stone to be the only one that actually keeps my energy entirely grounded while offering protection and healing. Another great thing about this stone is how it balances the yin and yang energies. It is a great crystal that reacts quickly to the opening of the earth star chakra, which is completed after it finishes the removing after it finishes the removing of all the issues related to the root chakra. Okay. From enn.com, we have some environmental news and it says creating a social norm a student designed program to reduce marine debris and this article was written on the 26th of february this year it says in 2015 a group of middle school students from falmouth massachusetts noticed a problem in their local waterways plastic was everywhere these five friends saw people in their community using single-use plastics without a second thought could they change the norm? To address the growing problem of marine debris, they decided to start small, raising awareness with their neighbors and local businesses. Little did they know that they had kicked off what would become a major partnership funded by NOAA's Marine Debris Program. The students teamed up with the Falmouth Water Stewards in 2015 to, grow, to join the growing Skip the Straw movement and lead a local campaign to skip the straw. And students prompted conversations with local restaurants to encourage them to eliminate straws, providing reusable or paper biodegradable ones, or institute a straw only upon request policy. I thought that was a little optimistic article. And on a blog post, on drstevenfarmer.com, and that's spelled D-R-S-T-E-V-E-N-F-A-R-M-E-R.com from Dr. Stephen Farmer. It says, Cynicism, Optimism, and Gratitude. The other day, I was thinking about all that's going on in the world that could trigger fear, hopelessness, or even despair. Having a fairly well-developed cynical side to me, Though not even close to being as dominant as it once was, sometimes it's easy to fall into that trap and hang out there for a while. I heard a saying some time ago that while cynics have a more accurate view of reality, optimists are happier. So I've cultivated what I might call a cheerful cynicism. Though I'm always willing to explore the darker side of my humanness, as a healer I'm committed to bringing light to the darkness while simultaneously not denying its existence. 
Though dark and light appear to be polar opposites, in unity they form the oneness that we often speak about. To experience the unity of all things, you must go beyond words and be present to seeing the illusion of materiality as being the one as being the only reality. There are some processes, such as meditation, that can promote the experience of oneness, but it's not the only way. There are moments when I've been walking my dog at night through the neighborhood when this profound awareness simply comes over me, lasting for a few moments as I pause and gaze at the world around me. Consider how many ways you've had this experience of perceiving the ultimate truth, with a capital T, through your eyes, ears, and sensations. A couple of days ago, on one of my walks, I started softly uttering simple statements of gratitude, such as, I am grateful for my body working as well as it does. I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful that I can walk like this. I'm grateful for my puppy dog, Samson, and so forth. I continued this for a minute or so, then noted that I felt lighter. I wasn't in a particularly bad mood, just enjoying the coolness of the evening after an especially hot day. I decided to make it a point to do this gratitude exercise at least twice a day for one minute. When I got back home after playing with Samson in the park, I got a drink of water, then settled into my office to continue a piece I was writing on the computer. I noticed a small blue stone that was sitting directly underneath a desktop computer, one that had been there for quite some time. In spite of it being there for a few months, I had completely forgotten it until I sat down at my desk. Right away, it grabbed my attention, so I picked it up, held it to the light, and there in the stone was one word, gratitude. I smiled at this coincidence, in quotation marks, or as I'd heard some time ago, a coincidence is a miracle where God remains anonymous. To me, it was one of those little miracles that reinforced what I'd been thinking and feeling just a few minutes ago on my walk. I'll continue to devote some time at least twice a day to stating what I'm grateful for, Try it yourself for a couple of weeks. Commit to do it and do it and see, commit to it and do it to see what happens. So I just wanted to comment on that article because I often get very cynical and discouraged about the state of the world right now. And I did find that like Dr. Stephen Farmer, when I walk my dog, if I will just speak about the things to myself that I'm grateful for, then I start to remember how good I have it. You know, and I start out with things like, I have safe water to drink. I breathe air that's not toxic. I mean, not entirely toxic, but, um, you know, I can go to the grocery store without being raped on the way. Um, There's free public schools for children, and I have a shelter roof over my head. At night, I have, you know, air conditioning and heating, and I can go and get groceries that I didn't even have to grow myself, although I would prefer to grow them myself. If you don't have the ability to grow them yourself, you know, we can still be grateful for stores. And it's, you know, I have all of my limbs and I have my eyesight and I have my hearing, you know, there's so many things that we take for granted. The little things that third world countries don't have, you know, and some people in first world countries don't have, you know, so if you 
are really, if you're still alive and you have the ability to hear a podcast, you have something to be grateful for. Those are two huge things. You're living and you have your hearing, you know, and I think all of my listeners, I hope all of my listeners have those two things in common. They're alive. I hope nobody's dead listening to this podcast. And if you're listening, then, you know, you have some hearing. So, uh, you know, I really feel like these are things, this is where gratitude starts when we have this materialistic view of the world and we focus on what we don't have, that's very human. I mean, it is natural for us to seek the things that we need that we don't have. But when you focus on it, you know, and you forget all the things that we do have, I think that that's where the problem arises with our unhappiness. I know when I watch shows about you know, the dark ages, it, it just calls to mind the fact that, you know, women died during childbirth. I've given birth three times to my children and not died. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that those children are alive. I mean, you can talk to any grieving parent who's lost a child and instantly realize what a treasure just having your children be alive is, you know, and we have so many luxuries in this day and age, you know, which may in turn end up being, you know, at a significant cost to the environment. And I'm not advocating for those things, but I will say that it is, you know, in the most realistic sense reassuring that I can get in my car and drive to the grocery store to get the food that I don't have the garden to grow. And while it would be better if I walked or rode a bicycle for the environment, um, I am grateful during bad weather that I have the option to get into a car and drive to the grocery store and not be raped on my way there. And have the ability to purchase food that will keep me from starving to death. While we could argue the quality of the food at the grocery store, that's really getting into a place of, you know, being very, very specific and detailed about things where I'm trying to basically state the larger things, the more, the bigger issues like, being out of the weather when bad weather hits. I mean, just not being caught in a snowstorm where there are people who cannot get out of a snowstorm and freeze to death homeless on the streets. So that is a huge advantage. You know, that I mean, it's unfair, I think, in a lot of ways. And I'm not saying that you know, we're any better than them. But I think that forgetting to be grateful for that is also losing part of our humility. Because when we take those things for granted and only focus on more and more and more, um, we lose the humility of recognizing what other people don't have that we need to be grateful for. 
All right, so let me step off my soapbox. Kind of got off there on a tangent. All right, our next article is Lavender Infused Honey, a DIY recipe that's simple and delicious and uses your herbs. Okay, it's prep time is five minutes. Infusing time takes 28 days. And uh, in one cup, it has 64 calories, just so you know. So all you need is a pint mason jar, a wooden spoon, a canning funnel, and a strainer. And you take two tablespoons of dried lavender to one cup of raw honey. This says place the lavender into a clean glass jar, then crush it with a wooden spoon. Or if you have a mortar and pestle, you can do that. Add the honey to the jar, stir to completely combine the lavender to the honey, and seal the jar with a lid and place it in a sunny window. Every few days, turn the jar over until it has infused for three to four weeks total. Strain out the herbs using a canning funnel under a mesh strainer. Re gently rewarm the honey in a double boiler if it's too thick. Store the strained honey infused lavender. Store the strained infused lavender honey in a lidded jar. Alternatively, the herbs you could use could be mint or lemon balm or lemon verbena or rose petals. You can even use roses that are considered more savory like rosemary, thyme, sage, oregano, or basil. And that is from www.growforagecookferment.com. And that article was written by Colleen at growforagecookferment.com. All right, from trashesfortossers.com, we have an article entitled A Beginner's Guide to Zero Waste Living. P.S. It doesn't happen overnight. It says, I'm not living a zero waste life yet because guess what? It doesn't happen overnight. And if you try and make that significant of a life change happen immediately, chances are it won't stick. That's a major misconception about zero waste lifestyle. We read stories about zero-waste rock stars who haven't produced trash in years, but that's just their highlight reel. Everyone who is zero-waste had to start somewhere, and I'll bet you're telling yourself the same thing. It's a process. So if you're any bit interested in zero-waste living uh, lifestyle, here are some key things to keep in mind. Establish your why. Most people who decide to explore the zero-waste lifestyle has a why behind what they're doing. Get specific with your why so you can return to it on a daily basis as your inner motive. All right. Assess your waste. Dig through your trash. And she says, just kidding, kind of. The easiest place to start is assessing where you're making a lot of waste and focusing on those areas first. Even if you can't solve every aspect of that area right away, you can start to prioritize the steps you want to take which leads to the next point, prioritize. Maybe you realize you're throwing away a lot of trash by getting to-go coffee and takeout on weekdays. Prioritize, prioritize making coffee at home and taking it in a reusable mug and meal prepping and packing your lunch. Maybe you're a product junkie and realize you're throwing away tons of shampoo, lotion, and soap bottles. 
Look into shampoo bars, bulk beauty items, and sustainably made products. Look at the big picture of all the waste in your life, and it can feel overwhelming. But once you break it down and focus on the air, on one area at a time, it becomes so much more doable. So, replace items as they run out. Where are all my budget-conscious friends? Repeat after me. I do not need to buy every zero-waste alternative at once. Phew! That feels good, doesn't it? If you have the cash and desire to do a full overhaul of your life at once, by all means, go for it. But what I'd recommend is purchasing zero-waste alternatives once your non-zero-waste items run out. Because buying something, then throwing it out unused is pretty wasteful too, right? All right, research how to properly recycle old items, donate, sell, or upcycle them. Your goal is zero waste, so don't go throwing your old items in the trash now. Recycle whatever you can, compost whatever you can, find a way to reuse an old item whenever you can, donate items or gift them to friends. The goal of zero waste living is to keep matter out of landfills. And for everything else, look for a TerraCycle program. They've found a way to recycle just about everything. Remember, it's a process. It won't happen overnight, and it might even take a year or two to go fully zero waste if that's your goal. But you know what? You're awesome for wanting to make this change and for making the effort to do so. Everyone's zero waste journey is different, so never compare yourself to other people. Get inspiration from them. Communicate with other zero wasters in the process when you have questions or concerns and be supported by other people, not intimidate. All right. So that is our podcast for today. It took a little bit longer and I had some other things that I was going to do, but I'll just save them for tomorrow. Have a blessed day. If you want to enter our drawing, just email us at fromasheswerise two doc at gmail.com and send us a comment or question or a tip to be read on the air or you can leave a review for us on whatever platform you're listening to on right now and email us to let us know that you've done that blessings and namaste This episode of the Goddess Morning Show is brought to you by From Ashes We Rise To.com, where you can get wellness coaching using holistic methods of healing, purchase our handcrafted, custom blended, organic, non GMO herbal teas that are crafted with love, and also order hand poured soy candles infused with love and pure essential oils and herbs to heal using aromatherapy. Visit our website at fromasheswerise2.com. That's fromasheswerise with the number 2.com to read more about these products and services. Have a blessed day.